Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. So today we're in Revelations 5 and before we go there, let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you for today and for all that you've done. Thank you for loving us and being there for us. And Lord, I just pray for this reading that it would be your insight, your voice that we hear. Holy Spirit, may it be you who teaches us and talks to us. May it be your wisdom and understanding we gain, and may we bring you under, bring you glory and serve you well. Father, I thank you for today. You've been very kind to me, and I am grateful. I just pray that I would op- have my eyes open, and I pray that my heart would be ready to receive your word. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, chapter 5 is about the scroll and the lamb. So let's go ahead. It's pretty short. Let's just go and jump right on in. It says, Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. Now the interesting thing about that is one of the commentaries I wrote, read was talking about a document that would, be seal, that would be written on on both sides. What that would indicate is a contract. And that contract would basically, you know, a lot of times they had all the details and exactly what was happening in, in the inner portion of the scroll on the outside or on the back, they would have kind of a summary of what was going on. So anyways, and I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, who was worthy to break the seals and open the scroll, but no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. So ultimately, there was nobody in all of creation who was worthy to open it. And that's why John was crying. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the, all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And, then he, and when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp. And they were holding golden bowls of full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. So it's awesome to think that my prayers are as incense. They're a blessing to God. They're not me just being a pain in the butt. They're a blessing to him, a wonderful smell, a great aroma. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, 
Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praised and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said amen and the elders fell down and worshiped. So there's a lot there. There's a lot of cool imagery. There's a lot there that people have interpreted. But what I took out of it was from this chapter and the previous ones. The elders are praising God. All of the beings in heaven are praising God. They're falling down. They're thrilled. They're excited. They cannot express in any other ways how much they revere him, how excited they are. And then I think about myself and I question me and my praise. Why don't I pray God, praise God that way? Why is my heart so messed up? Why am I just so lackadaisical? Heck, when I'm in church during worship service on Sunday, I'm looking out, looking all around the place and looking at people who were, they were worshiping. They were very excited, very energetic. And all I'm doing is thinking, man, that's, I don't know about that and being critical or I'm off. My mind is off somewhere else. Why is my worship not like the worship of the beings? Not regardless of people. Why am I not enthusiastic? And it's interesting when I read A.W. Tozer, his commentary, and there's a number of commentaries about chapter five, but Tozer seems to hit things. He hits my heart pretty, pretty consistently. So he wrote, were some watcher or holy one from the bright world above to come among us for a time with the power to diagnose the spiritual ills of church people, there is one entry which I am quite sure would appear on the vast majority of his reports. Definite evidence of chronic spiritual lassitude. A level of moral enthusiasm extremely low. You know, I sit there and I think about that. And I have to agree, so many, so much of me, I'm like, my enthusiasm isn't there and I don't know why. He goes on to say, what makes this condition especially significant is that Americans are not naturally an, an unenthusiastic people. Indeed, they have a wide, worldwide reputation for being just the opposite. Visitors to our shores from, from other countries never cease to marvel at the vigor and energy with which we attack our problems. We live at a fevered pitch, and whether we are erecting buildings, laying highways, promoting athletic events, celebrating special days, or welcoming returning heroes, we always do it with an exaggerated flourish. Our building will be taller, our highway broader, our athletic contest more colorful, our celebration more elaborate and more expensive than would be true elsewhere, else, anywhere else on the earth. We walk faster, drive faster, earn more, spend more, and run a higher blood pressure than almost any other people in the world. In only one field of human interest are we slow and apathetic. That is the field of personal religion. There, are, there for some strange reason, our enthusiasm flags. Church people habitually approach the matter of their personal relation with God in a dull, half-hearted way which is altogether out of keeping with their general temperament. 
and wholly inconsistent with the importance of the subject. You know, it's funny, within my <coughs> excuse me, circle of friends, I'm known as the guy who when I go in on something, I go all in. You know, I started road biking, but I have four bikes. Started mountain biking, I have mountain bikes. Started fishing, I have a ridiculous number of fishing poles. And I go all the time. And I bike all the time. When I work out, I work out. When I go to be like healthy, I quit drinking completely. I changed my diet. Right now I'm on the carnivore diet. Lost 10 pounds in 14 days. Um, I attribute a lot of that to just not drinking. Um, but also zero sugar, zero carbs, no pizza um, for quite a while. And then I get into and I just dive into, oh yeah, I need to do the ice baths too. So I got a bath fill, and I fill it with ice and water and freeze for five minutes and jump out and be like, yes, that's awesome. But I don't do that totally for God. I do it for a lot. Sometimes I do, it for, you know, I'm better. My, my appreciation and excitement for God is definitely growing. But it's a process versus just me doing something stupid right away. And I, I don't know why that is, but it's definitely something I'm praying about. Why am I not fully given over? Why don't I weep during worship? Why don't I clap my hands and be excited? Why, what is it that's keeping me restrained? There's something in me that I'm not giving over. And that giving over is critical in my growth towards God. It's critical in this journey to God. So with that, it's going to close us up with prayer. Lord God, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your Bible. And thank you for your saints or your, your spiritual leaders like Tozer, Spurgeon, MacArthur, all these guys that I read and appreciate. They help me to understand a little bit more. They point out, sometimes it's hurtful, my flaws. But Lord, I know I can stand next to you knowing that you've covered me in grace and that you still love me, that you have a desire to interact and fellowship and that I need to learn how to truly just enjoy being with you, that there's not a process, there's not six steps, just enjoy being with you and being your child. So Lord, I just pray you open my heart, my mind, and my spirit so that I understand how to love you with all my heart and my being and then can love others as myself. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy on His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.